Welcome to Cleaning Up, a podcast about all things business, commercial cleaning and franchising. Each episode, we bring new insights on growing and building a janitorial business. We discuss business, franchising and all things cleaning. Here's your host, Damien Boehm. G'day, I'm Damien Bohm. I'm your host. Welcome to this episode of Cleaning Up. Today, we're going to be covering how to grow your cleaning business with strategic partnerships. Now, I've successfully partnered with businesses and I've had just one strategic partner. So we're talking one partner only that's added over a million dollars of new revenue to our business. So strategic partnerships work. And the great thing about them is that you're not stuck to just one strategic partner. You can have two, three, you can have multiple partnerships. In fact, you can have as many partners as you want. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you how I got strategic partners into our business and how I made those relationships work for us. So we'll be covering why you want them, who you want to partner with, how to go about finding them, what agreements you want to make with them, how to make those relationships work, and lastly, the three major mistakes you've got to avoid. So why have strategic partnerships. Well, strategic partnerships allow you to go and leverage other businesses' sales and marketing activities. So that's their, that could be their advertising, that could be their salespeople's, their activity, uh, their outreach activity and marketing activity. You can also leverage their client list, their existing database. In fact, you can use their trust and reputation to help build your business. And that might have taken them years to develop. So you get new customers and get to make more sales to your existing clients. Who doesn't want that right? And if you do this right, it's going to put a rocket under your business. Strategic partners work two ways for you. The first way that they work for you is that they can introduce you to new clients. And the second way that they can work for you is that they allow you to make additional sales to your existing clients using their products and services. So what kinds of businesses do you want to partner with? I divide strategic partners into two groups. The first group I call aggregators. The second group, partner businesses. Aggregators include commercial real estate property managers, cost consultants, and supply aggregators. These are companies that source services and suppliers kind of as a procurement and management service. So they don't actually provide a direct service or a direct product to their clients. Their business is more in pooling a number of wholesalers or service providers together as a supplier group for their clients. Partner businesses are in industry verticals that are closely related to cleaning. So these are businesses that serve similar clients to you and swim in what I call adjacent lanes. So I like to use the analogy of a lap pool and you've got your lane, which is cleaning, and then you've got lanes that are next to you that are close to your industry, but not exactly cleaning. And then you've got lanes that are really far away and have got no relation to cleaning at all. So these businesses are going to be providing the products and services that are natural extensions of cleaning. And think of, for instance, toilet paper, paper towels, air fresheners, bins to products such as mats, coffee, stationery. Uh, additional services can include carpet cleaning, strip and ceiling, window cleaning. They're things that come first to mind. And there's things that you might want to keep in-house 
But sometimes it makes more sense to find external providers, so strategic partners to do these services for you, even if you're big enough to do it yourself, because there's a lot of other advantages you get when you're working with another business you know, that has their own client database and their own marketing activity. You can extend these types of services even to garden care, security, dry cleaning. Some products and services are in lanes way too far from cleaning businesses. So we're talking about professional services, accounting, bookkeeping, solicitors, you know, marketing sales, performance coaching. If you jump too many lanes away from cleaning, you start to lose trust and credibility with a client. So you don't want to be throwing around business coaching or accounting, marketing, etc. in front of your clients. Believe me, your business could be 10 times bigger than theirs, but they're going to think they know more about those topics than you do and have better connections because, hey, you're just a cleaning company in their mind. So you want to stick with services and products that are a more natural fit or a closer alignment to cleaning. Here's a list of potential partner businesses that come to mind, okay? So um, you can do painting, so painters, gardeners, security services, electricians, plumbers, you know, lighting professionals, waste management. Waste management is a big one. Coffee suppliers. There is a lot of businesses that have been able to scale through coffee cleaning businesses. And it's really important right now. It's a hot product, mind the pun, because offices don't want their staff now leaving the office building anymore because of the pandemic and COVID and all that kind of stuff. They don't want them getting sick. So they're installing coffee machines and buying coffee for their office staff. This is a huge opportunity right now that you could be taking advantage of. Right. So some other businesses that come to mind are stationary suppliers, dry cleaning, pest controllers, shop fitters. So people go out and fit out new offices and indoor plant suppliers. Look, this is not an exhaustive list. It's just meant to get you thinking there's a lot of businesses out there that you could be partnering with. So how do you find these partners? Well, you can approach them directly. LinkedIn is a perfect tool for this. When you do this, be friendly and direct. Don't bid around the bush. Okay, You don't want to be wasting people's time. Your approach is going to be a little bit different depending on whether they're an aggregator or partner type business. So remember, it's also a relationship. This is not a one-time transaction and you'll need to approach it that way. So for partner businesses, I might reach out with a message like, hey, um, I have customers that are looking for your service. I'm looking to partner with a business that provides XYZ, might be pest controlling, for instance. Let's jump on a quick call and see if we can help each other. So it doesn't need to be any more elaborate than that. You don't need to sort of you know, spell out all your credentials. They can click on your profile. And if you've got a good LinkedIn profile, they can see what you do and, and the types of customers that you service. Alternatively, you can just Google businesses and make some phone calls. These aren't hard phone calls to make either. People want to chat to you if there's a prospect of additional business or and some extra money coming their way. With supply aggregators, such as commercial real estate agents, property managers with commercial real estate, it's likely they've got a lot of supplies, a lot of cleaning companies vying for their attention. So your approach needs to be a little bit different. The main thing you want to do is to stand out from everyone else. You're going to make more effort than your competitors. 
You could send them, for instance, a gold envelope. You could send them uh, what I call lumpy mail. So you put little gimmicky gifts in like stopwatches, et cetera, with little cute engaging messages. And the whole aim is to get them to give you a call back and arrange a coffee meeting. And of course, you can follow up once you've sent these sorts of lumpy mail and these uh, direct pieces of mail that do stand out and say, hey, did you get them? And people will pick up your phone with those sorts of approaches. But my favorite method of all is networking. I encourage you to go to chamber of commerce meetings, go to business meetups, any local business networking events for that matter. And here's the thing, and I see this as a massive mistake that people new to networking make. Don't go there to find clients. Don't do that. Don't be the person. You, you, you've been there. I'm sure you have. You meet somebody, they run a marketing company, for instance, and as soon as they know, oh, you're a business, I do marketing for businesses, they're trying to sell you their marketing services. So it's like there's nothing that's more off-putting. And to be honest, it's a waste of your time to do that. So don't go to these meetings to find clients. Instead, go to these meetings to find partners and give first. Connect people with other people that can help them. You want to have an attitude of service. You want to seek to understand their needs before you go and suggest what you think can help them. Okay, People will know whether you're listening to them or not, or whether you're really trying to work out how to help them. Also, the people you really want to meet may not be at the event in that room, but almost always someone in that room can introduce you to someone outside the room that you really do need to meet. And this is how I've met some of our best strategic partners. So not from the people that uh, I was directly networking with at a networking event. I got to know some of them and they made introductions that made a material difference to our business. And we ended up finding some great partners to work with. And don't rush into a partnership either. You, you want to spend some time with them, become their friends, catch up for lunch and dinner, invite them to social events. Uh, you want to know if you can get along, if you can trust them. Uh, you want to know what their values are, if there's an alignment between how they operate and the way that you operate. When I've found someone I want to do business with, or I want to partner with, I like to do small deals first because if that goes well, then we can start begin collaborating in a, in a bigger way. If it doesn't go so well, you know, there's there's no hard feelings. It wasn't really a bad thing. I just learned something and I realized, okay, maybe for whatever reason, this is not something that's going to work for the time being or forever for that matter. And you can create your own networking events. You could go and invite your existing clients and get them to invite other businesses, organize a speaker, make it a wine and cheese night. Heck, you could even get sponsors to pay for it. Okay, so you've gone out, you found some people that you want to be working with. So how do you work with them? Let's first talk about partner businesses and then we'll discuss working with aggregator type businesses. So each month, you'll be providing an audit to your existing customers, right? Now, when cleaning businesses do these, and yes, I'm assuming you're doing them. You, you are doing them, right? Okay, it's important that you're doing this. When cleaning businesses do them, they tend to leave a ton of cash on the table. Why? Because they're not using them as a sales tool and they're not using them to establish their trust and expertise so they can go and make additional sales. So your monthly audit reports should be treated like mini proposals and they're proposals that you give to your clients every single month. It's your chance to upsell. See, once you've audited the cleaning, 
and audited compliance and any internal processes and systems that you've got in your business. And you should be transparent with the way that you operate your business with your clients and put that in a report. There should be a section that provides suggestions and site recommendations. This is where you list the products and services of your strategic partners. And I like to provide pricing. So I want to give them an actual price if I can, because this is like providing them a real quote. And all they need to do is just give you the go ahead, they approve it, and it just gets added on to next month's bill. If you wanted to, you could actually have a rebate arrangement with suppliers. So that means you're getting commissions, they're invoicing clients directly. But most times it's easier to just add a markup and add it onto your cleaning invoice. Clients prefer it this way. They tend to just want to pay one bill and you get to retain a lot more control doing it this way. It's likely you'll get a greater percentage too. You can mark up services anywhere from 15, 40%, sometimes even more. Most supply partners won't give you more than 10% as a rebate. And now you're reliant on them doing the right thing each month. And even if they are honest and reliable and uh, trustworthy, because you wouldn't want to do business with anyone who wasn't, it can still be an admin burden that they're just not set up for. Now, once I've agreed to partner with one of these businesses, I want to make sure that I'm referring them and connecting them to people who aren't yet my clients even. I don't want to get a clip out of these sales. I'm not looking at getting any commissions. I just see it as a part of building goodwill and cementing the relationship. Now, let's talk about aggregators. What I mean by aggregators are cost consultant businesses, real estate, property managers, and service aggregators. With these businesses, I want to leverage commercial cleaning's biggest advantage, and that's regular contractual income. I consider aggregators as an extension of my sales team, and I want to incentivize them, and I want to incentivize them in a serious way because I want them to work hard for me. So I offer a monthly contract percentage rebate. So that means a percentage is going to go back to them every month, and they're getting this just for introducing my business to their clients. Sometimes it's not necessary to do this because their business model is to invoice clients with a markup. So I'm particularly thinking about property managers. They tend to do this. But even if this is happening, I still like to add 2% back to them. And they can keep this themselves or even pass it on to their clients so they look like a hero. They're going to work hard for you. They're going to really see you as a revenue source, not just a as a cost item. So this is a very powerful method of engaging these types of partners. You can, of course, offer a lot greater percentage than 2%, and you're going to need to do that with partners that don't invoice clients directly. And in fact, some business models rely on getting significant rebates from suppliers that they arrange for their clients. So the clients aren't paying the directly. They're going to actually, they're going to go out, source the suppliers, and they make their money from the suppliers. So in that case, you're going to have to be paying a, a greater percentage. Percentage addbacks work really well for businesses that don't normally receive anything ongoing. So they're the ones who are going to be really loving you for for offering this. Like one, one type of business that I think of straight away is office fit-out specialists. So these guys make money on projects. They don't really have an 
ongoing trailing income stream that comes out of those projects. If you can offer that to them, you can be sure that they're going to be putting your business in front of all their clients with all their projects. Cost consultants are great too. Now, the way that cost consultants work is they work with businesses Uh, Normally with the ancillary type services and products that are needed in the normal operation of of any size business, but certainly large businesses. So we're talking about stationary supplies, courier services and cleaning. So cleaning is often something that comes up as something that uh, cost consultants are working on. So they won't work with the direct sort of operational costs because that's what the business's core function is and they're going to work out their own suppliers and they're going to be probably strategic supply chains. We're talking about sometimes called the rats and mice of a business. Cleaning falls under that category. So these guys often come in when there's cost creep. So a large company that's, say, listed on the ASX or a NASDAQ or a public company or a large private company will, over time, accumulate different suppliers, service providers, such as cleaning, and they really haven't had a proper review on it and their procurement managers are busy doing the main core functions of their business and not worrying about these things. So cost consultants come in and consolidate services, see if there's inefficiencies and whether there's some cost savings for that business. They often make their money by splitting the savings with that company. Let's say Curious Services. So we won't use cleaning because we, we don't want to be the cheapest price either. So we're not competing on price. But say you have Curious Service providers in eight different states. And in those eight different states, they're different pricing structures and different sort of uh, services that they provide. So they go out and source one courier company that looks after their business in all of those eight states. And what they will do then, if they say save $100,000 per year by now swapping over and consolidating the service, that $100,000 in savings then gets split between the company that's their client and their fee. So sorry about the long explanation, but sometimes people don't know what cost consultants do, and they are a fantastic strategic partner when you find the right ones. So what I'd like to do with these guys, because I know that they're going to be making some money over, say, two years. So they're splitting the savings. So, for instance, with that in that instance, the company's saving $100,000 a year. So they're going to get paid $50,000 over the space of two years, right? Often it's not that much, but you, you never know. Some of these are huge companies and there are huge saving potentials. So what I want to do is I want to give them something additional after the two years. So I like to offer them a rebate for as long as that cleaning contract lasts. So you can be sure that you're going to be a business that they're going to present because they won't always just say, oh, choose this cleaning company, but you might be one of three businesses that get a chance to put a proposal in or a RFP, a request for proposal. So that's a great way to work with cost consultants. There are other strategies too, such as piggyback invoicing with strategic partners where you get to advertise on their invoices and proposals and vice versa. But what I really wanted to do today is cover the strategies that I've used that I know work and I've seen people get great results from. So we've covered how to work with partners. What are the mistakes we've got to avoid? Well, mistake number one is not documenting the arrangement Always have agreements signed by you and your strategic partner. So this formalizes the partnership and it avoids any potential confusion or misunderstanding down the road. 
you never know what you thought the agreement was or what they thought. You know, if you make an agreement and then three months down the track, you actually got a deal. If it wasn't documented, you might have forgotten what you actually agreed on and they might have forgotten as well. And that's definitely breeding grounds for a dispute and you won't be doing any more deals with them afterwards. Okay, so you've got to have something something in writing. It protects both you and your strategic partner. And obviously, you want to make sure that your client databases are being respected and are safe as well. You don't want them, say, starting a cleaning business on the side and now that they're doing security services for your cleaning business, go and approach your client, say, hey, by the way, we can also provide you cleaning, okay? You don't want that happening with these relationships. So you've got to have everything documented. You've got to have agreements and you've got to have them signed. The other mistake is rushing into strategic partners. So you might have listened to this podcast and think, yes, this is awesome. I want to go out and get some strategic partners. So steady on, okay? It takes time to find the right partners and it takes time to build trust. You want to be 100% sure that they're honest with their dealings. You want to be talking to other people who have worked with them in the past. You want to spend some time with them. Take them out to lunch. Take them to dinner. Take them to social outings. Breaking bread is a great way to get to know people and see if there's an alignment. So whether you think the same way, whether the way you want to operate, how you work with people, your ethics, they've got to be in alignment. So you you won't be able to build this kind of relationship or really learn about the other person in an office type environment. So you've got to really take them outside of the office to find out whether you can work with them or not. This takes time. The other mistake you can make is not making sure that you're a good fit for each other. So even if you have an alignment with your business philosophy, how you like to operate and and all those kinds of things, if you're not aligned at an operational level, it's not going to really work. So as much as you might be excited to say partner with a national building maintenance group, you got to ask yourself, can you service all of their business on a national level? The answer could be yes, if you you are national or part of a national group, but if you're not, it could be difficult. In other instances, you could be too big for them. You've got to make sure that they can service your clients and, of course, that you can service theirs. You have to be able to deliver well and you've got to be in a position to take on the opportunities that they present you and pass your way. And lastly, always do the right thing. Don't try and work around your agreement. Be the person you want to partner with. If you've got the work because of them, pay them they will notice, okay? They'll also notice if you start doing transactions that are outside of your agreement and they're not getting commissions for it. You'll be getting a lot more opportunities and you'll be working with more partners in the future if you do the right thing. And don't try to drive hard bargains. It's got to be a win-win-win arrangement. It's got to be something that works for you, it's got to work for them, and it's got to work for the client. So don't try to drive a hard bargain. So we've covered the types of strategic partners you should be looking for. We've covered how to find them, how to work with them, what are mistakes to avoid. I'm really excited about this strategy because it works. And it is like putting nitro into your business. So you have to have a business already that's running well. But when you add strategic partnerships in, it's like putting the nitro in and it will accelerate your business no end. Every cleaning business that's serious about making money and expanding their business should be actively looking for these partnerships and working on a day-to-day basis with their strategic partners. The key lesson I want you to take away today is that you've got to be intentional about strategic partnerships. Great ones don't just happen. You need to be persistent. You need to be patient. You've got to work a plan. 
If you've got value out of this podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And hey, if you happen to be looking at getting started in your very own commercial cleaning business or you want some help scaling the one you've got, we can help. So take a look at the show notes. There should be some links there about how to get some more information about Urban Clean, what we do, and reach out to our team. Stay tuned for our next episode. I've got some great content lined up for you, and I've got some exciting guests scheduled for the show in the coming weeks. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Cleaning Up Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. This podcast has been brought to you by Urban Clean, a commercial cleaning franchise with opportunities available globally. Check us out at www.urbanclean.com.au. Stay tuned for our next episode.